Good Sunday morning, Iowa. It's Dr. Rick Godding. Thank you for spending some time with me here today. So I did not win the Powerball, as you could tell, because somebody in, or Mega Millions, sorry, it was Mega Millions. It was a billion, 1.5 billion. Somebody in Florida won it. You know, it's interesting, though, because I was running, running, obviously, not obviously, but I would tell you, I bought a ticket. And I thought, what the heck? I always just play my kids' uh, birthdays and stuff. But I thought, if you won that kind of money, how disruptive would that be to your life? You know, I thought, would my kids be able to just go to school and just be regular kids like they really want to be? Or would we have to hire private security? And, oh, man, it could get messy. I was thinking what I would do is I would maybe go to the lawyer. If I won that, it would be, I think, a $400 million lump sum. And I'd figure out with the lawyer where I could give somebody most of it, and then they would say they were the winner, but then I got some of it, and I could still be not have people know it. I don't know. It would be it would be hard to ever make another friend because you would always have people, you know, wonder if people were like, oh, hey, he's got $400 million. Although I could tell you, I would do a lot of good things. There's a lot of things that I think I could do. I, there's a hospital that I would like to build in, in Africa, and probably from there, probably many more of them over there. And one thing I found doing mission work in different countries is it's real hard to get momentum going. And sometimes cultural barriers prevent you from doing the things you want to do. I, I was, I told the story, I was in Indonesia on a surf trip and we were going from the island of Bali. We went to the island of Roti, but on the way we stopped in this island called uh, Western Timor. And then we took a ferry to an island called Sumba. And Sumba, we, uh, or no, we, we flew to Sumba, right? Sorry, we flew to Sumba. And we were in the airport, and I heard these people talking about, you know, well, we don't have all the doctors. We only have like 12 doctors, and there's 3,500 people. So so I went, and I said, listen, because it was a small airport, like, a room, basically. I said, I'm a doctor from America, and I was sitting there with my surfboard and everything. Or I was waiting on the surfboard, I was sitting there with my wife, and they, did, the guy just grabbed me and my wife and took us and put us in the car and said, well, we got your bags, and you know, I told him what hotel we were in. I'm like, all right, so his wife took my wife out, showing her different places and did some shopping, and I went directly to this hospital. And we went out there, and there were like four or five desks set up. And so I went and sat at this desk. And so I had a translator with me. And the the doctors who were coming down, they were coming from Singapore. Nice guys. But I just want just was I just tell you what a misallocation of resources this was. So what would happen is we're first of all, it was really crazy because the guy was telling these people and there's literally like you're standing there and a hundred feet away are like 3000 people who have walked through the jungles because they, uh, they announced, Oh, we have Western doctors coming and for, for them, you know, Singapore, you know, the Western and uh, of course Singapore is a very advanced society. And so these people walked through the the jungle and they were standing there in their traditional garb and 
and the guy was talking and he said, oh, and God has brought us a doctor from America today. And I'm like, oh boy, I don't know about all that. And I said, okay, what are we doing? So what we did was literally the patient would come up. We would, if they had a goiter, we would give them, so a goiter is where your, your neck, the thyroid gland is swollen on your neck because you don't, you're not getting iodine because there's none in the diet. So we would give them a box of like a hundred iodine pills and then a prescription for more. Now these people didn't look like they had access to a pharmacy, but that's what was happening. And then we would take their blood pressure and if their blood pressure was high, we'd give them a box of blood pressure medicine and a prescription for more. And I was just like horrified at just the lack. I mean, it was, there was nothing being done there that was going to affect anybody positively in the medium term, even let alone the long term. And so I got kind of soured on that kind of work, but I met this guy who was my best friend was doing this, these missions. And this guy, Lance, I forget his last name now. I'm sorry, Zirkel, uh, not Lance, Lou Zirkel. And he started this program where he's building nails that go inside the bone for fractures Okay. And the reason a lot of places can't put, and if you have a bad fracture of a long bone, so that'd be your femur or your tibia, your shin bone or your thigh bone, it can be just devastating if, if, if they don't have the right way to treat it. And the best way to treat those typically is with a big metal rod inside. Well, one of the reasons there's two reasons that they, in the developing world, they don't really get to use those. Number one, they can't afford the rods themselves. And number two, they don't have the specialized x-ray that can work at a particular angle. It's called a C-arm. So the x-ray is so the big C-shaped arm with x-ray on the end of it. And so Lou was a medic in Vietnam, and he saw how bad fracture care was in Vietnam. And he came back and went to medical school, and he inherited a little bit of money from his dad. And he... He designed this nail that could be put in without x-ray and it just has a little jig on it and you can get it in without x-ray. So, so my experience doing those missions was dramatically better. Although I will say that one of the ones that we did, they never followed up. So they, they, the mission, and that was really disheartening. So this is how the mission works. You go, the place applies to become a, it's called surgical implant generation network or sign. And, the place applies to be a sign location. And then they'll say, we have this many fractures and we have this capability of surgery and this capability of the OR, and we can put these in the computer and follow up on them. And that's the criteria because they want to make sure that they're going to the right people and that we have good data follow-up. So the first one I did was in Fiji with my friend Jeffrey and we at the University of Fiji School of Medicine, and we showed them how to do it, and we dropped it off, and then we went surfing. <laughs> it was great. But they never followed up enough, which is just shocking. I mean, this was a medical school, and they just wouldn't put the data in. It's just it's shocking, and you're just like, what in the world? And so, so the next, but it was still satisfying to do. The next one we did was in the Philippines. Next one I did was in the Philippines. And that was super rewarding. The The docs there were really on it. And they 
they were doing nails in that hospital, but there wasn't enough money for the patients themselves to get a nail. So this was just a matter of showing them this technique and then uh, leaving them 100 nails. And then after that 100 nails runs out, they can apply and they get another 100 and another 100 forever. So you've really actually changed the way orthopedics fracture care is 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 uh, is provided there forever. And so in the Philippines, we had a patient and I was meeting the patient we we're going to operate on. He, this This young kid, he was about 19, and he was riding on his moped with his wife on the back and they were getting ready to, they had some coconuts they were going to sell at the market and they got hit by a truck. The wife died and he broke his femur. So this was like two or three weeks before we got there. And so he's sitting up there and they're telling me the story and they said that he was trying to sell his house, which must've been some kind of a little shack in order to buy the nail so he could get his leg fixed. And they said, no, no, they got some Americans coming. You know, it's just so humbling. The whole pro- the whole process is just so humbling, uh, and and so so we went in and we did a big operation. I had to make a big incision and and take the fracture that had started to heal and break it again. And it was just a big long took about three and a half hours. But this kid for free got you know he paid his place in the hospital, but he was able to afford that. But he couldn't afford the nail, so we gave him the nail for free. And then he was able to, you know, uh, get back to his life, um, even though his life had been disrupted significantly. I will tell you this. I made rounds on him the next day, and he was sitting up in bed. Oh, thank you, doctor. Thank you, doctor. And I'm like, wow, what do you guys have him on for pain? And they said, Tylenol. (laughs) That tells you a lot uh, uh, about uh, how stoic people are in the developing world. And that's actually what I want to do when I retire from orthopedics. I want to do those missions. Like, that's all I want to do. Like, do five or six of those a year. And, uh, yeah. So, anyway, if I won the uh, Powerball, <laughs> I would go there. And I went to I went to Tanzania in Africa. And this guy, Sam Kawesa, he's a really good surgeon. And he was doing great work. And we left. We took the nails to him and everything. He was already using them. I was just restocking him and kind of getting a feel for the place. And, uh, he's just doing great, great work. And he does, you know, he does probably six or seven, eight surgeries a week and he makes $600 a month. So there's a lot of people out there working real hard. Uh, and, uh, I really would love to get out there and, and, uh, and help them out. So that's kind of what was what I was dreaming about if I had gotten the Powerball or the Mega Millions. But anyway, I thought I'd give a quick uh, vocabulary lesson today. Just because I hear a lot of people in the office, it becomes clear that people are confused by certain terminology. So I'm just going to give us a little brief orthopedic vocabulary lesson. So osteoporosis and osteoarthritis. People get confused with those. Osteoporosis is where your bones get weaker and more brittle and more porous that's the name osteoporosis. So your bones become more porous, meaning they become more sponge-like uh, as you get older, and it's a depletion in the calcium. Now, this is very, very hard to treat. Um, there are medications, uh, and the reason you would treat it is because then you're prone to fractures, specifically hip fractures, wrist fractures, and lumbar spine fractures. But the, some of the treatments for them, ironically, can cause fractures. It's a, it's a strange irony of it. But, you know, vitamin D, 
uh, calcium and those kind of things are sort of your baseline treatments. And then if you get really osteoporotic, there are these other ones called bisphosphonates and those can actually cause fractures. But the best thing you can do and to tell the younger women, cause it's, it's generally women have significantly more osteoporosis than men. It's one of those, uh, things that is very clearly physiologically defined as different between men and women, like many other things. Anyway, so osteoporosis is your bones are losing calcium and getting more porous. Osteoarthritis is at the end of the bone, the joint surface is breaking down. This can be just as as a uh, result of aging, but it's not everybody. Most people will get osteoarthritis uh, when they age and to some degree osteoporosis, but not everybody gets osteoarthritis as they age. You can also not get it, although you, you're going to wear out, but in a different way. It has to do with the water content in the cartilage. And so osteoporosis, osteoarthritis are those two different things. And the, and the, the osteoarthritis is why you get joint replacements and osteoarthritis porosis is why you get hip fractures because the bone is brittle or the end of the joint is uh, wearing down. So arthritis as a general term means pathology or disease, a diseased state of the cartilage. Okay. So cartilage is that lining like on the end of a chicken or a pig bone. that's very smooth. That's the same thing in all of your joints. So arthritis, arthritis is the is generally a diseased state of the joint. Now that can be one joint. So in osteoarthritis, you can get that in one joint or you can get it in all of your joints to some extent. It's, it's very interesting. Sometimes it's from an injury and sometimes it's not. So there's osteoarthritis and then there's rheumatoid arthritis. Rheumatoid arthritis is an autoimmune disease where your body your immune system sees your own cartilage as foreign, and there's a lot of very complex reasons for that. But it's a disease, like a lot of other things. It's it's not contagious or anything, but it's just a disease that sometimes happens to people. And with rheumatoid arthritis, your body's immune system attacks your own cartilage, and that's what wears down the joints. And you can end up getting joint replacements from osteoarthritis. I mean, sorry, from rheumatoid arthritis. And a lot of times there's, these are the kind of things you would see a rheumatologist for. And they can give you, there's lots of different medicines. They give steroids and all kinds of different medicines for those. Then you can have an inflammatory arthritis. For instance, psoriatic arthritis is an arthritis that people who are afflicted with psoriasis get. Um, And you have to have pretty bad psoriasis to get psoriatic arthritis. Um, But it's a different process from osteoarthritis and rheumatoid arthritis falling into the category of inflammatory arthritis. Now, rheumatoid arthritis is an autoimmune arthritis or a um, what they would call a rheumatologic arthritis. And then you can get a crystalline arthritis, so gout or pseudogout. Gout is a disease where your body doesn't process protein adequately and the protein will break down into crystals and those crystals will go through your bloodstream and they will end up implanting in your joints. And then those crystals can cause damage to the joint and inflammation. And if you, they'll build up so much that sometimes when you take a needle and draw out the fluid, 
it looks like milk out of the joint. And I, it's interesting because I haven't seen much gout since I left Hawaii. In Hawaii, there was tons of gout. So that begs the question of whether that's something genetic or whether that's something in the diet or whatever. But, uh, but gout is an inflammatory arthritis having to do with protein breakdown and can wreck your joints too. And we treat that with injections and eventually potentially joint replacement and things like that. So a rheumatologist is the type of doctor who you would go to for all those things. Even your osteoarthritis, you can go to a rheumatologist for, although they're not going to do, I think, osteoarthritis, you're probably better off seeing an orthopedic surgeon. Rheumatologists will also take care of those other conditions like lupus, which is also an autoimmune condition. It's called an HLA B27 seronegative spondyloarthropathy. (laughs) So you don't need to, don't need to remember all that, but there's a defect in a gene that creates an autoimmune response in your body. Uh, and lupus is kind of a, a tough one to go through. So fracture, what's the difference between being fractured and broken? Fracture is basically just the Latin word for broken. They mean the same thing. If you have uh, an orthopedic surgeon will never talk to another another orthopedic surgeon and say, this person has a broken whatever. They would always say fracture. That's just the medical term derived from Latin. Just so people say, well, was it fractured or broken? Yes. <laughs> and then, you know, sort of the hairline fracture, that just means it's not displaced. And so you can kind of see it on the x-ray, but the bone's not moved. And then if it's displaced, it's called a displaced fracture. And then you can have what's called an open fracture. An open fracture is where the bone is sticking through the skin. So the old terminology was compound fracture. We haven't used that since before I was in medical school. Uh, even at that point, it was historic, but some people still, some people still use it in the, uh, the non-medical population. So then you have carpal tunnel syndrome. So carpal tunnel syndrome is an entrapment of the nerve, specifically the median nerve at the wrist, and it causes numbness in the first three fingers. And that's usually treated with a release of the ligament that gets swollen that holds that nerve underneath. And uh, actually, I had I had a little bit more extensive of a list here, but it looks like we're running uh, towards the end of the show. So I will uh, get back to the orthopedic uh, vocabulary next week. But because I kind of I think it's fun because people, you know, they want to they want to know uh, what what things like, oh, I didn't know fracture and broken meant the same thing. Someone's out there saying that right now. But anyway, that's the show for this week, and uh, we'll come back next week and go through some more of that uh, fun orthopedic vocabulary. And uh, everybody have a lot of fun at the State Fair. Uh, It's the big event for Iowa, of course. And uh, you just have a blessed week, Iowa.